If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Getting your team up to date on the latest skills required for success is hard work, but you don't have to worry about it anymore. Jolt is an online training platform that helps professionals and organizations access up-to-date training from practitioners at the top of their game. No more watching e-learning videos that are not interactive and may contain obsolete information where you access them. Each Jolt training is done live via interactive Skype or webinar and the trainers are both practitioners and thought leaders in your field. So you get the latest information that can change your business at the right time. Visit jolt.us and find out how you can start getting the right training for your team today. That's www.jolt.us. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. That's www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with... Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I have a great guest today. I'm talking to Ace Chapman. Ace is the founder of Ace Chapman Business Acquisition Consultants. He started his business when he was 19 years old when he bought his first online business. He subsequently sold the business and went to work full-time in corporate America. After working and interviewing some of his former co-workers, he realized that many of them were unfulfilled and unsatisfied with their retirement plans. And so he decided to take the plunge and bet on himself and focus full-time on entrepreneurship. Since then, Ace has bought over 40, 50 businesses and has looked over hundreds of businesses as well as helped his clients and coaching coaches and mentees buy several businesses, both in the offline and online space. So I'm pleased to have him on the show today to tell us a little bit about himself, his background. And of course, if you're interested in going the route of micro private equity, which is what Ace specializes in, how you can get into the game of micro private equity so ace welcome to the show thanks for that intro it is great to be here i'm excited to get to talk to you we got to talk a little bit in a pre-interview about what you're up to i love being able to do deals internationally i was telling you about a client that i have over in cape town and um we got to chat a little bit so yeah i'm excited about today's uh conversation great so, Ace, how did you get into this space? Well, I wish I could say that it was some kind of stroke of genius and I, I saw my future and I wanted to do deals, but I was in school studying political science. I wanted to be an attorney and eventually get into politics. And now, you know, I, I don't even pay attention to politics. That's the furthest thing from what I'm interested in. But while I was doing that, I was using the software of a business that was a stock market simulator. You mentioned it in the intro. They had a business they had built. It was making money. But then, like most entrepreneurs, they got ADD and moved on to the next project. (laughs) So I um, reached out to them because the site was always crashing. It was just being run 
poorly. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, man, I mean, this is such a great business. Why aren't you guys doing the simple things like responding to member emails? Mm. So I reached out to him and basically said, hey, I'd love to be an intern. At that point, still, you know, nothing entered my mind as far as buying this business. Yeah, I was just, I saw this is a great, great business, a great opportunity that they weren't taking advantage of. And so I wanted to come in and just help them. I figured they were maybe overwhelmed, but they wrote back and said, you know, we're not looking for interns. We want to sell this business because we've moved on to something else. And I sat on that information for a while. Because, you know, as a college kid, I didn't think about buying the business. And I was still just more curious, though. Like, is the business making money? How's it work? I wanted to get behind the scenes. Yeah, so and that was ha- the only reason. So you had no idea Go about going into the deal or anything. You were just like, hey, I want to work with you guys first. And then the opportunity came up. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what a lot of my clients even today see. You know, the, the best deals are just out there networking, talking to people, and that's how you find that, that next opportunity. Mm. So how did you eventually buy that first business? And then you also said that you dropped out of school. You were around 19 at the time. So what was the reaction like when you told your parents, hey, I'm not going to school anymore? So the, the first thing was getting a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I reached out to them. I basically told them that, you know, well, maybe I know somebody that might want to be interested in buying the business. And I, I, I really just wanted to see if they would send me some information because I was just so curious about it. And they sent me the information. I saw I was making 60000 a year and they wanted 70000 for it. And I was in a school at that point that cost 120000 I have friends that were making 30000 a year after investing 120. So I'm like, I don't know anything about valuations, but I feel like this is a good deal. Yeah. I need to figure out how to buy this thing. So I, I got a little buddy from I got a little money from a buddy of mine. You know, I actually took out some credit card debt and I went back to them and I convinced them to finance the rest of it. I basically said, if I bring y'all 35 grand, will you finance the rest of it for me? And they agreed to it because they wanted to sell. They want out. They knew that they weren't doing a good job of running this business. So I started running it from my bed, from my dorm room and quickly uh, kind of grew out of it being able to be run from my bedroom. And uh, and it was just with a little tender love and care. And I realized, you know, you don't have to be a business genius. Sometimes it's just like getting in there and doing the work. Applying common and, sense, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was no, you know, genius. I wasn't studying business. It wasn't like I had any huge insights beyond just, you know, treat your customers right. Hmm. So... Um, the, the business started to grow and I was approached by investors They basically said, we want to invest in this deal, but we only want to do it if you're going to be a full-time, uh, CEO, not a full-time student. And, you know, I had to go to my parents and, and talk to them and I kind of told them about this business, but they didn't get it. This was way before Mark Zuckerberg and all the internet entrepreneurs and just any of that stuff. Nobody... Young was doing anything like this. This is 1999. The internet in general was new, and I just didn't understand what I was doing. And so, you know, talking to my parents, I'm telling them what I'm doing. It's like, but I don't understand. Like this thing, you're just making internet money. 
Like, you're not making real money. I'm like, Dad, what are you talking about? This is real <laughs> money. It's no different. He's like, ah, oh, that internet money. It's not, it's not like, what? You know, like, he could have invented Bitcoin because he already had a vision for, like, no, internet money is separate. Yeah. And it's like, so how much money have you made? And I, I had this check for 15 grand, and he was like, this is a scam. Somebody's scamming you. There's no way that some company's really sending you $15,000. You are getting scammed. We need to rush down to the bank, let them know, and give them a heads up. So, you know, in the car, it's thinking like, oh, my God. <laughs> so we get down to the bank, and my dad shows the check. He's like, I'm sorry. Like, my, my son told, just told me he's been, you know, depositing these checks here. This must be some kind of scam. I don't know who these people are. They've been sending them checks. You guys have been depositing them, so I wanted to let you know. And so she goes, she calls the other bank, and they're like, you know, it's a half a billion dollar company called DoubleClick. It's like, no, these checks are good, and the company's legit. And so my dad's head is just spinning. We get in the car, he's like, <laughs> why are you still going to school? <laughs> so that conversation was a lot easier than I ever uh, dreamed of it being. Not just I can just imagine him in the car thinking like, wait, wait a minute, I'm spending a hundred k, and this guy's already bringing in like fifty k. Half of that already. <laughs> Why spend <Yeah>. any more money? <laughs> That's great. So, you, so that was the beginning. Wow. I left school and started running that business. You ran it full time, and then what happens next? You sell the business and you decide to go get a job. Why did you decide to go? work for somebody when you were already well the first of your own the we got caught in the uh internet downturn of 2001 2002 okay the bus so yeah that imploded that all of our customers went out of business and so we didn't have the advertising stuff that had been our customers Mm. and so we were able to sell the database users we had over a couple hundred thousand users but after that i was like hey you know what I didn't really plan on going back to corporate America, but I had a bank that came to me. They knew my story. They're like, hey, we'd love for you to come work for us. We're trying to figure out this internet stuff. Um, and so I was like, okay, great. Like the opportunity was there. And it was amazing. You know, that's a great example for a lot of people that are really worried about having a backup plan if they don't have a degree. Mm-hmm. The truth is, I have. I was getting paid double what most of my friends who did get degrees were getting wow. paid out of degree because I had unique experience. Yeah. So, you know, I was able to sell them on like, hey, like nobody has the experience that I have, mm. you know, growing this thing is young and, and that kind of thing. So I end up working there. And that's when, you know, it's, it's, I was, the funny thing was I was so used to kind of paying myself, taking out money when, you know, the, I made money. And so I'm in the situation for the first time where like money just shows up into my account every two weeks. Mm. And I was so not used to it that like sometimes I look at my account and I would forget. I'm like, wait a minute, where'd this money come from? Uh, so that I was like, oh, well, this is actually nice. I love this. Yeah. And. It wasn't until, you know, what, what you mentioned in the intro happened where I started to talk about where uh, people were that were older with me and they'd been working in this bank for 20 years and, and that kind of thing. I realized like, wow, I've got to figure out something else long term. Mm-hmm. This cannot be what I what I do. I don't I, you know, I looked at their lives and I basically was like, that's not what I want for my time on Earth. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, you know, I was helping in the mortgage department, working there. Eventually reached a point where I um, found a mortgage company. I got fired from that job, which is a funny story. But uh, I ended up finding a mortgage company that I could buy. And, you know, uh, I didn't really think about this. I, you know, it's funny. I bought that first business, but I never thought of buying businesses as a thing. Hmm. You know, I was like, I just got lucky. I found this deal. Like, this isn't really a thing. And it wasn't until I got to the point that I knew, okay, I'm not going to be at this bank forever, that I started to do research. So when I got fired from that job, I... Um, was All already right. prepared. Now you, me- now you mentioned you got fired twice, so we go- I gotta hear the story. What happened? <laughs> well, I was coming from a situation where I was an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and I uh, had employees at my previous business. And so, you know, I just knew the leverage of that. And so I get into this this uh, bank and, you know, I'm, I'm getting commissions on mortgages and sending people to the financial folks and, and all this stuff. And so I am you know, really doing pretty well. Nobody else was using the internet for anything. Um, and so I'm growing my uh, business, you know, kind of within this bank pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys that had been there forever and were top producers, they had assistants. So I went to my uh, boss. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm making pretty close to what those guys are. Can I get an assistant? And he's like, well, no, it doesn't work like that. You haven't been here long enough. It's a seniority thing. Da, 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 da. And basically, it's corporate politics. Yeah. It's like people are going to well. be upset. You just been here, you know, under a year. These other guys have been here 20 years. There are other people have been here 10 years and don't have assistance. Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. So I go back, like, ah, that sucks. This is annoying. Like, I could make more money if somebody could take care of this clerical stuff. So eventually, I go back. I'm like, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. I will pay for my own assistant. Mm. This is no money out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. I'll pay for everything. And this will be an awesome win-win. This costs you nothing. He's like, no, it's not the money. Like, other people are going to just be upset, even if you're paying the person. I'm like, what? are you kidding me? Like, what? So that was my reaction. So, again, I go back. And then one day I'm walking to lunch, and I pass this building. There's a lease for lease sign-up. And it hits me. It's like, you know what? I can just rent an office two blocks away, pay my own part person, and they can do the clerical work for me. Yeah. So <laughs> I, in, I rent an office. I hire my first person. And sure enough, we're just killing it. We're humming along. And uh, she's, we get to the point, we go to the point, other people are coming by my office like, you seem like you never do paperwork. Like, what do you do? I was like, I just like to do my stuff at home. So then eventually I hire a second person and it just is amazing. Actually, a buddy of mine from high school graduated from college. I got to hire him. And so I got two people over there just churning it out. It's awesome. Oh, man. I eventually, though, get called into my boss office. I'm just thinking like, you know, like, what's this guy want? Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of cocky at this point because I'm just killing. I'm like, you know, last thing on my mind was getting caught. And he walks, I walk in. I still this day don't know how he knew, but he just like, he was like, I've got two names for you, and he said both of their names. Wow. And he was like, I 
investigate what's going on or you can turn in your resignation. And so I really resigned, but it was it was being fired. <laughs> wow. That just seems to be like, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit just kicked in and you were like, you knew you could do things more efficiently and you just decided to go for it. And just because of the way corporate environment is structured, you know, the politics were holding you down. And just because they didn't have the mentality or the mindset to think and say, hey, if this guy can produce more by freeing up his time, let's let's allow him to be the high producer and uh, high value person and just give him the admin support he needs to produce more for all of us in general. Yeah. That's crazy. And that, I mean, it was just a great example because, you know, like I said, I was willing to even pay for it. Yeah. But because of corporate politics, they're like, no. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so you said yeah. you didn't really think of going into buying businesses before, you know, you got laid off. So I understand your business as the kind of private equity model, but when you started out the second time, did you like hear about PE or see in the news about leverage buyouts or something before you crystallized that thing in your mind that said, hey, I'm going to do PE, but on a smaller scale of just buying companies just under $2 million online or offline? No, it's so funny. We just had a Dealmakers Weekend, which is one of the uh, training seminars I do. And I've got a client that has hired interns and he was shocked when he mentioned like, hey, this is private equity, that kind of thing. Like the number of people that instantly were like, oh, I want to learn about that. Uh, when I was young, there wasn't a lot of conversation around it. And so I just didn't know it exist existed. So I still just thought like, oh, like I'm going to buy a business and run that forever. I never had a vision for I would, you know, on my own, uh, I would buy and sell businesses just because that had never been presented to me as a thing. And it wasn't until I met my mentor. And this is after I had uh, I, my basic vision was I was going to buy and sell a few businesses, but so that I could get the cash and start a business from scratch. And it wasn't until I met my mentor and he's a guy who bought, bought who flips hospitals, basically. And um it wasn't until I met him that my whole vision changed. And I, I he agreed to kind of be my mentor. And, and so I, I remember talking to him about uh, selling a deal. And I had a, a, an idea for a startup, an internet business. And he kind of listened to my pitch, wasn't very, didn't look very impressed. And at the end, I'm like, okay, like, you know, what, what, tell me what you think. And he basically says, well, you know, I'm, I'm curious about your computer. And I'm like, about my computer? Like, why are you curious about my computer? And he's like, I, I'm curious where you got it from. And I told him Dale, ordered it from Dale. And he's like, well, why didn't you just build a computer from scratch? I was like, Mike, I don't, I don't know how to build a computer. Uh, and I don't know how the parts. He's, he's like, well, you can go online. You can learn how to build it and buy all the parts that you need and build that computer. And, and I'm like, I, I don't want to build a computer. He's like, exactly. You don't want to build a computer. You want what the computer can give you. You want what the computer can do. So the computer allows you to get online, talk to your friends, 
get Word documents done, do Excel spreadsheets, all the things that the computer do. That's what you want. You don't want to build a computer because that's a headache. And he kind of basically said, like, in, in America, like, the only place that people think about building something from scratch is, is when it comes to houses. I mean, when it comes to uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. When it comes to houses, nobody tries to build, you know, even the small percentage of people that do build from scratch that aren't developers are like, oh, I will never do that again. Nobody tries to build their car to save a little money. It's just when it comes to generating their own income that they think, oh, the only way for me to do this is to build from scratch. And, and that was one of many things that, that really mm-hmm. shifted my, my mindset mm-hmm. when it came to, okay, when I want income, the same way that if I want potato chips, yeah. I'm not gonna go try to like make potato chips, I'm just gonna go buy them. If yeah. I want income in my bills, I just need to go buy that. That's, that's amazing. And to me, it's kind of funny you mentioned you never heard of buying businesses because one of the main reasons I got into business finance, especially like trying to go down the investment bank line, was I watched um, uh, this old movie, Pretty Woman, in uh, the early 90s and stuff. So the Richard Jack character of buying companies and selling them was like really attractive, especially since he got the hot girl. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever that guy does whenever I figure out what exactly he's doing. So that's how I got yeah. into finance. I studied finance in college. <laughs> Great. So do you consider... And it's so funny. I've never seen that movie wow. until I started telling people what I did. And they're like, oh, like every female, as soon as I told them, like, oh, like Richard Gere in Pretty Woman. I'm yeah. like... <laughs> I'll roll with that. Yeah. So do you consider yourself just a financial buyer or a strategic buyer in terms of how you optimize your businesses that you purchase for growth and performance improvement? Definitely both. I mean, we we have some strategic deals where we buy something and then we use other businesses to grow it. Mm -hmm. And then we have some other things where it's a little more um, financial. Financial, you know, mm. it just is like we're not going to do anything to this business. We want it to be just a passive asset. Mm. Mm. And then when buying the business, um, you talked about um, the first one, the seller actually financed part of it. But I know that sometimes when somebody new is starting out, it's difficult to actually approach the bank to get money to finance your business. So how exactly do you overcome that challenge? Number one is not to go to the bank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a bank finance deal in about 15 years. Okay. So one of the things that we do is we give people 101 different places to get financing. Because okay. there's just so many places mm. to get financing. So you look at my very first deal. I went to a buddy. I got a little cash from him because I had no money. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 100% finance, basically. You know, okay. I had three grand in the bank. So I got him to invest a little cash. I actually got cash advances on some credit cards. And the rest of it, I got the seller to finance. Yeah. Cool. And then when it comes to acquiring the business, the process itself, I, I kind of think about um, watching the profit. And he always talks about the 
it starts with the three p's people product and process so how would you rank that in terms of importance in helping you make your decisions as you're acquiring companies we want i want really my first p is profit because <laughs> i'm not even gonna make it, look at the deal until it's unless it's profitable okay. you know i don't buy startups i don't buy things that are losing money mm. there has to be profits okay the second part of it is definitely processes so you know for me my second p is uh what what are the processes that are in place because that's a lot of what i'm buying mm. you know it's, it's the idea that it's making money is that they have a process that they figured out to make that money over and over okay in front of them um and and even like you know when it comes to people the the awesome thing is if you have some amazing sops just standard operating procedures and process and all that i mean we see that with mcdonald's they don't care who they hire yeah <laughs> even if it's a kid you know they've got their processes down to a point where it literally doesn't matter i can plug you in uh, and then um Looking at it from that perspective, so what are some of the key things you look for in terms of a company having established processes that helps the business um, maintain profitability? So the first thing that is going to give me a clue, I and mean, we don't know really about the process until we get into due diligence. Okay. Uh, but the, the first thing we're going to look at is, is how long has the business been around? Because the truth is, if a business hasn't been around a long time, it probably hadn't had a chance to come up with processes. Mm. And on the other end of the spectrum, if it has been around a long time, it probably wouldn't have made it without good processes. So we definitely see cases where the owner isn't necessarily good at processes, but they at least know how to run the business successfully. So we're looking at a deal right now. Internet business has been around 10 years. It's not that everything is written out, mm -hmm. but I was with that seller yesterday and he knows how to run a business. Mm -hmm. So all we have to do is download what he knows and document it. Mm. So basically you find a way to apply leverage where leverage doesn't exist. Like, for example, he knows what to do, but... He hasn't taken the time to write down and document all those things and basically download his knowledge into a body of work that somebody can just read and apply so so that basically anybody can do it a monkey of the streets can do it anybody can do it exactly oh. yeah and then going back and figuring out where where did we miss something what's a step that we assume that somebody should know you know all those things like mcdonald's doesn't need you to be an experienced prime maker you're going to come in and make a perfect fry. Yeah. And then um, I read somewhere that you, when you help your clients, you one of the first things you do is you assess them in terms of their skill set and their personality in order to guide them to what type of business would make a great fit for them when they're purchasing one. So mm -hmm. how, does, how does this process look? How does this um, method work? So anytime I'm working with a client, what I'm first thing I want to know is their background. You know, I, I'll get a client that comes in or like, oh, I've been managing this uh, restaurants, let's say, for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And I've had this restaurant experience. I've had that restaurant experience. 
You know, I, I helped this guy start a restaurant from scratch and grow it. And now that's a, me and our business. So I've done that. I'm done with that. I never want to run a restaurant again. And, you know, I'll say to that person like, well, man, now's the time to leverage all of that knowledge for yourself. You know, you want to go from the restaurant industry to the fitness industry, you know, now you want to own a gym and you've given all these other people your expertise, your gift in that area. Mm. And now for your, for yourself, you're going to try to figure it out from scratch. Wow. It doesn't make sense. Okay. So there's so many times, and a lot of what we do is just being logical. Uh, there's so many times that we end up doing things that, that can feel right from an emotional standpoint. Like, oh, like, no. Like, a lot of people say, oh, yeah. You know, his friends and family will say, yeah, that's right. I mean, you've been in that industry forever. Like, get out of that. You don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, hey, let's do three more years. Three, you've given it 30 let's do three more years for you've given it 30 for other people yeah let's do three more years for yourself um but a, a little bit of it's just logical and then uh, the other part is just uh, do, going through a uh, assessment process where we do some personality testing do some skill set testing and we do some kind of temperament testing to figure out where they would fit in the business and that just tells us like okay if a person is really good at finances then we don't want to buy a business that's already good at finances. We want to buy a business where the previous owner was amazing at marketing, just a marketing champ. Uh And then we want to allow this person to come in and that marketing champ probably was terrible on the financial side. Yeah. So now we have some leverage there to really have an impact on the business. And then what about deal flow? Because, I mean, majority of the good deals are usually, you know, not like majority of the good jobs are not advertised. So how, how does your deal flow work? I mean, I know now because you're so well known, you can get um, deals coming at you left and right. But for the guy just starting yeah. out, for the guy just starting out, how does he tap into that deal flow? The most important thing is at the very beginning of your career is letting everybody know that you're a business buyer. Because, you know, bottom line is they're not going to meet anybody else that does this. Hmm. So if you start to let everybody know, hey, I buy business. If you know anybody that wants to buy business, let me know. Guess what? You're going to be the only person in that person's brain or Rolodex that buys businesses. So as soon as they as soon as they hear somebody say, hey, you know what? I got a business. I really want to sell it like. I only know one person that does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're going to reach out to you. You know, if you go through your head like, okay, who are the number of people that I know that buy small businesses? For most people, it's zero. Mm-hmm. So that's the easiest thing. And then you want to think about who all is a person going to talk to when they're going to sell their business. They're going to talk to their accountant. They're going to talk to their attorney. You know, they may talk to a business consultant. And you want to talk to those, reach out to those people and say, hey, if you get anybody that wants to sell their business, I'm here. I'd love to buy it from them. But for internet businesses now, for example, majority of the competitive advantage in an internet business is the opacity of not knowing 
what goes in to make the sausage you know so what's in analytics where the where the traffic coming from where the audience coming from so if I'm a skeptical seller, for example, thinking, okay, I want to sell my business, but I don't want to just open up the kimono to some guy that's going to see my secret sauce and then go start it over somewhere else and just damage uh, what I have going here. How would you mitigate such risks in the business well, in terms of looking at it and then um, trying to buy it without any adverse effects coming yeah. on? This is crucial. And this is the like one of the most important words in doing deals. Um, and it's actually a four letter word. It's next. <laughs> Just go to the next deal. And, and that's what we spend 90% of our time doing. You know, Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett talks to people all the time, looks at a ton of deals and, you know, he's built uh, what will uh, be a, a end up pretty soon, but a half a trillion dollar business off of doing two, one or two deals a year. Mm -hmm. So 90% of the deals that people get confused with, they, you know, I get people to email me all the time, I'm trying to buy this business, will you help me? It's like, nope, I don't help people buy a business. Mm -hmm. I help people get into the business of buying businesses, mm -hmm. which 99% of the time is spent saying no to a business. Uh, so basically you're just using that big private equity model and scaling it out. So you're in the business of buying several businesses. It doesn't you're not emotionally attached to one particular business. As soon as somebody says something like what, what you said, where it's like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to open up my kimono, duh, duh, duh. oh, sorry, I thought you were a motivated seller. We gotta, we, we'll, let us know if you're ever motivated to sell. Mm. And what makes a good motivated seller? Or how do you identify one? At every step, they're going to show you. Okay. you. I mean, you know, if if like if somebody's motivated to sell, they're definitely going to give you information so that you can buy their business. Mm -hmm. now, if somebody needs the money from to sell their business, and you're like, hey, I need to see your profit and loss. They're not going to say like, oh, no, I'm not going to give that to you. <laughs> that that yeah. means they're not motivated. Yeah. You know, and then you come up with a creative offer. And you're like, hey, you know, not some rock bottom offer, just this is what I need to make this work. Yeah. They're right. at least gonna engage you. They're not gonna say, like, oh no, I you know, I refuse to do that kind of thing in my business. Da, 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 da. It's like, okay, yeah. great, next. <laughs> and as we start to wind down, Ace, I have to quick um rapid fire winding out questions for you so um for, for the people listening on the show these are people trying to start out in their entrepreneurial journey so in terms of your background and your business so what are some of the mistakes um sellers and buyers make when they're either trying to buy a business or trying to sell a business when they're trying to buy a business it really comes down to getting too focused on a single deal mm. it's really difficult to do this stuff and the reason we don't hear about people buying small businesses is that it's the same as doing private equity even though it's a small deal and people want to act like they're going shopping for a house or shopping for a car and this is a different process so 
the real key is you ha- if you want to make the hurt, like you mentioned, it's like, oh, like you're doing this like private equity funds. I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. And that's the only way to, to make it work and to be successful mm-hmm. at it. It doesn't work like anything else. So having those systems in place, they really put you in the business of buying businesses, not just going out and doing a good deal. And on the seller side, the biggest mistake is not thinking, not realizing that their most customer, more important than any, they're, they're, take their favorite, most awesome customer right now, they are nothing in comparison to the customer that's going to buy their business. That's your most important customer. Mm. You haven't met them yet. You know who they're going to be, but that's what you're building for the, you're building a prod, the product that they're going to buy. So people are in their business, not working on the actual product, which is the business that eventually they're going to exit. And it's going to be their real payday and a lot bigger payday than any other single customer. Right. And what are some books that you'd recommend for someone thinking about getting into the business of buying businesses? Um, two books. Number one is Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Reggie Lewis. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that book. It's amazing. Such a great book. <laughs> He's got an amazing story. Yeah. Man, I, I wish he had been around a little I longer. I know. He was poised to do some amazing, amazing things uh, here, here on Earth. So definitely check that book out. And then uh, another one that I love is the Berkshire Hathaway Letters to the Shareholders. Oh, okay. And you get to see just step by step. Like how, I mean, it's just amazing. Just year by year. What exactly did Warren Buffett do and what did he send? Like all these Buffett books about his investing strategy, stock books. He's not even, he's not a stock market investor. He buys businesses. Mm-hmm. But if it goes year by year, what did he do in 65? What did he do in 66? What did he do in 67? And see exactly how he built um, and became the the number one or number two at any given time richest person in america nice and um i know along this line i've read a book uh, i think it's an old book in the past it's called um cable cowboys have you heard of it what is it oh yeah 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 john, cable cowboys john malone's story that's another really good one that uh talks about buying businesses that's pretty good i don't know if you've read of that one I've heard of it, but I have not read it. Yeah. Put that on my list. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And um, if you could go back in time, what would you do differently if you were to go back in time and try and start all over again? I would start buying businesses more aggressively earlier. So you figure you started um, too slow and too late? Yeah, just like trying to figure it out very slowly. Okay. And so for people that want to get in touch with you and find out more about you, um, where can people find you? Are you active on social media? And of course, you have a book on Amazon. So tell us a little bit about the book and where people can find you. So check out uh, The Ace Formula. That's on Amazon. It kind of talks a little bit about my journey and, and how I figured a lot of this stuff out. 
Uh, and then also feel free to shoot me an email. It's just the easiest. I mean, on Instagram, Ace Chapman, t- uh, Twitter, all that. Um, we've got a ton of specific stories and, and case studies on YouTube if you search Ace Chapman. But feel free to uh, shoot me an email, ace at acechapman.com. Great. And um, I just thought of one question. So in a situation where... You know the entire economy is down or things are going very slow in general how would you advise people that are starting out to start taking advantage so take for example maybe united states is doing well economically but maybe some part of europe or asia or even africa the economy locally is down and so that means um there are people that might be willing to sell businesses whether offline or online so how would you advise people to think about buying businesses in down markets yeah i i think that's the time to buy you know do you want to buy when things are low and down and sell when they're up so yeah that that's the same in this space oh great and with that said my friend it's the uh end of the interview i'd like to thank you for coming to share your story your words of wisdom and all the great things you're doing out there in the world in terms of helping entrepreneurs think of different ways to launch their entrepreneurial businesses and also become financially free and um, independently wealthy. Thank you so much for having me on, man. This is great. Great. Thanks a lot, Ace. Thanks for tuning in to listen to today's episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, you can find more episodes and more information about the show that you just listened on our website, odogwu.com. And whatever you're doing, I hope you have a profitable and pleasurable day. Cheers, guys. Bye. Don't let another minute go by without taking action to change your life. Visit ordeshi.com right now for more incredible resources. And we'll see you next time on Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur.